When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Movie Crush, Oscar Roundtable Edition. We are talking uncut gems. On my right, I have Mr. Casey Petgram. Hey. That's, That's it? it? That's the intro. <laughs> On my left, I have Noel. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, this is getting interesting. Doing finger Can't guns. wait to see what across from me Paul that's, that's has That's my to new say. thing for the year, by the way, is finger guns, finger guns? and sound effects corresponding. You're stealing Deal with Paul's it. thunder. Hello, Paul. Paul? Hey, guys. Oh, Just that's so Paul. The quiet restraint. I love it. Is classy your, guy. Hey, this is me. Is that your thing this for 2019? This is how I win. Classy guy. In fact, Casey was classy. No was the only one who guttered this up with <laughs> pew, pew, finger well, guns. I missed my cue one time, so now I'm, <laughs> well, I try to be on top of it. Did you really? Casey did kind of a Fonz kind of thing. It's sort of an A. Yeah, and I'm trying not to do that. I don't want to do the A, and I don't want to do the whatever. I just you want just, to be like, hey. hey. Well, that's weird. Very because straightforward. Almost every time I see you in the office, you go, hey. <laughs> you kick the jukebox. That's true. And your favorite song comes on. The leather jacket yeah. every appears. time. All right, Casey. I Real. guess I'm not even going to know who you are anymore. Yeah. Real showboat over there. <laughs> so, uh, dudes, we are here to talk about Uncut Gems. Uh, and I will go ahead and spoil by saying it was my favorite movie of the year. Yeah, it's way really? up there for me. It's my number one movie way, of the year. Way up there for me. It was everything about it yeah. was fucking perfect. It was my number two. But it was neck and neck with my number one. All right. Hold your thumbs, though. <laughs> we all liked it. Unless Paul's like, meh, it was kind of okay. I thought the acting was not so great. Paul's always the wild card, actually. <laughs> you never know what this That's guy's going to say. That's the beauty of Paul. We had a Richard Jewell discussion at the question mark table yesterday, and I was— It was a good discussion. Uh, yeah, I respect your opinion, as always. Yeah, thank you. 
I respect yours usually. Thanks. Okay. Well, that's fine. <laughs> I'll take that. Uh, so the Safdie brothers, uh, the only movie I've seen of theirs is Good Time. Mm-hmm. Or is it Good Times? Good, Good Time. Good Time. Singular. Which was fucking great. Yeah. Uh, I have not seen the one with the, the young junkie woman who— Oh, heaven knows what. Yeah. Was uh, Did anyone see that? It seems very unpleasant. I, I meant to get around to it. I actually saw a deleted scene from it. On YouTube, but I have not seen the the straightforward feature yet. I just okay. know I knew no. I knew in advance that it involves cutting, and I don't like oh, really? I, I'm not I don't like cutting yeah. cutting freaks and like suicide. That's sort yeah. of triggering for me, so sure. I, I've avoided it. Okay, um, cutting and heroin addiction, and all, all that. It just seems like I said very unpleasant. Some uh, yeah. some Ariel Pink music. Well, I mean, the, the Safety Brothers. One thing they are not out to do so far in their career is make anyone feel comfortable and. Smiley, no, no, in a movie theater. Yeah, yeah, they're they're very much watching one of their movies is like uh, having a panic attack or something. So especially but, uncut. Jazz. But I would argue it a perfectly enjoyable, exciting yeah. experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I can't wait to see this again. It's not one of those where like, oh, I no, can't sit through exactly. that again. No, yeah. I'm going tonight. Are you? Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, I've seen it twice already. So uh, another thing too that has just hit me: there are so many great filmmakers out there right now, and we're really lucky. But to be like our age. Of course, I'm much older than you guys. We don't need to say the obvious. <laughs> but, you know, to be a, a movie-going person and to be seeing their career at the very beginning at this juncture, it's like I just feel so excited about what's to come. Although they've, they've been doing it since mid-2000s, I want to say. Yeah. They have like – Yeah, they had least, a few other uh, Yeah, pleasure, pleasure of Being Robbed and Daddy Long Legs, a.k.a. Go Get Some Rosemary. I think those are the four features they've done, that and Good Time and Uncut Gems. They might have one more in there, but – a lot of shorts. Yes, tons of shorts and also some documentary work and, you know, their their IMDb is, is quite full of stuff. But right. they're only now – like Good Time was kind of like the moment where they really popped and then – Sure, as far know, as big mainstream American yeah, films. Yeah, and then certainly like that – like Good Time was the thing that allowed them to get Sandler for this movie. And yeah. so it's just all kind of snowballing. And we had briefly talked on the last mini crush episode we recorded about how – they had this script like right out of film school, mm-hmm. and I think I read that it went through like over a hundred revisions. Yeah, and they'd kind of been nursing it for about ten years, and they wrote it for Sandler, but they weren't famous enough to get him. Uh, and they got it to one of his reps, and they you know passed or just you know yep. just sat in a stack or something. Yeah. And then when Pattinson you know was was involved in. Uh, a good time, and it you know made such a splash. I think Sandler saw it like at Venice or, he saw it can can. or something. Yeah, and he like there's. Uh, I was listening to a, one of the many podcasts that the Safties have been doing to promote this, and um, one of the I forget if it was Josh or Benny, but got a text just saying like, "Hey man, your movie's great," and he mm-hmm. wrote back like, "Hey, who's this?" He's like Sandler, and he's <laughs> like. What, so-and-so Sandler? Like, you know, some yeah. guy that he knew. He's like, no, 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 the famous one. And he named some other guys, like an architect or something. He's mm-hmm. like, no, dummy, the comedian, the famous guy. He's like, oh, shit. You know, that's pretty funny. That's yeah. very funny. And this, what's interesting, too, about the way Good Time came about was that Robert Pattinson saw— Heaven a, knows what. Uh, apparently, he didn't he saw see, a still from He it. saw a still yeah. from, the, like, a, a screenshot from the movie. What? And he loved it so much yeah. that wow. he got in touch with the Safties and said, I want to work with you guys. Yeah. From a screenshot? From a screenshot? Yes. That's amazing. From, you know, like some, some purple and, orange oh, and green, yeah. beautiful lighting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Super dreamy. And they, they, that, they, at that time, they were trying to get, I mean, for a long time, get Uncut Gems made. But then when Pattinson came along, they were like, this isn't really something that 
works for him. Works for him. Let's just put uncut gems aside, uh-huh. and we're going to write something totally new for him. While we've that, got somebody like a big star. Yeah, yeah. That's and it's smart. It's crazy that they the genesis of that was kind of like let's write something. Yeah, for they just Pattinson, busted it out, yeah. and they bust out <laughs> Good yeah. Time, yeah. which is yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah. And wh- who was the one that was in that movie? Is which that Benny? Oh Benny. yeah, Benny is the the brother, the actor, yeah. Connie's yes. brother. Yeah. Boy, he was good too. As oh, he's an actor. fantastic! It's yeah. almost like an of mice and men yes. kind of vibe yeah. with that yeah. movie, where For it's sure. like uh, he's the younger, kind of super conniving kind of huckster that's trying to protect his brother, but yeah. ultimately puts him in harm's way. Yeah, you know, I mean, so what good. a what a movie! Yeah, highly recommended. I think you can watch that. Uh, it's for on, free uh, on Amazon, Amazon Prime, yeah. 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 yeah, as well as Annie in the City, A N N E Y in the City, Amazon Prime. There you go, right now. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously, it's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Uncut Gems, a uh, little background. They, they wrote this film a long time ago, like you said, but apparently they grew up with a father who worked in the Diamond, Diamond District. District yeah. And that's why this film feels so authentic. Um, they, I read one article where they spent a lot of these years getting in on the inside because apparently the Diamond District and these dudes are just very protective and very skeptical. And it took him years to get access and to get behind these doors, and they finally sort of, and this is 
like their father worked in the Diamond District, and it was still hard for them to get sort of the insider look. Uh, and they did, and they use, you know, they're, they're I think, uh, next to the Coen brothers, the greatest directors we have so far about using real people as actors. Um, it's, and I always wonder why more directors don't do that, because it makes such a difference when you have someone that's clearly not an actor doing a good job, and I think it's hard. It, yeah, it's I think difficult. it's a real skill. It's a real long process of... Uh, Finding those people, mm-hmm. number one, finding somebody interesting who comes from that world, but then also somebody who has all those characteristics, but can also still be natural on camera mm-hmm. right. and not panic that they're in a scene with Adam Sandler. Yeah, or you got to set them up for success. Yeah. It's, uh, in fact, uh, the lead actor in this, uh, where is she? What's her name? I got it right here in front of me. Julia Fox? Yes. Yeah. She mm-hmm. was a first-time actor. Yeah, yeah. She's. And, I, I was not familiar with her, but I guess she's got a rep as like kind of a in UIC socialite, like, okay, scene kind of person. Yeah, it's sort of like that she was um, so good. That woman in the Florida Project who mm-hmm. was, like, an Instagram uh-huh. yeah. model yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she just crushed. Absolutely. And, and again, that's another great example of, like, that's about being a good director. Mm-hmm. Like, that's about, like, how do you put this person in context and, mm-hmm. and like, and actually, you know, you have to... We know, how, we know how many cuts there are in scenes and how so many of them are pieced together from little fragments and stuff. You've got to, like, direct the hell out of these people a lot of the time, I imagine, you yeah. know, maybe yeah. not, but she was um, fantastic. So good. So Kevin good. Garnett was good. Oh, yeah. he's great. I mean, he's yeah. a non-actor. Yeah. I'm such a sports non-person. I didn't even know he was a real basketball <laughs> You don't player. even know how to say that you're not into sports. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're a sports non-person. A non-person. <laughs> uh, but it makes sense after the fact because all those games were real, all the best basketball games yeah. and like the stats were all real stats. And because, God, can you imagine how much it would have cost to stage those just to have them on TV? You yeah. know, like... But he like they were obviously he's been out of the game for a while now. So he's retired. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this was set in what twenty twelve, the twenty twelve finals. Got and it. I was just reading. There's a great New Yorker profile on the Safties and, and the movie. And one of the most fascinating tidbits about it is that they did not license the NBA footage that they used in the movie. Oh, really? It's all fair they, use. They quote, just unquote. they just basically quote unquote stole it, and they're going to defend it as fair use because they they didn't alter the outcome or change anything of the order of what happened in it. Is the NBA made a statement? I don't think so. It's just insane to me. Yeah. Like, you know, professional sports to me is like when it comes to licensing footage. They're really serious. Really, especially <laughs> like, say, the NFL. Like, yeah. I don't know the NBA specifically, but the fact that the Safties were just like, you know what, fuck it. We're just going to do yeah, it. It's pretty yeah. ballsy. That's wow. pretty ballsy. And yeah. that the studio was, you know, A24 was, was like cool with it. standing behind them yeah. for it, which is crazy. That's yeah. like trying to use an Eagle song. <laughs> In your movie, because Don Henley will fucking sue your ass <laughs> yeah. if you look at him sideways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very That's litigious. I don't understand how fair use applies to that. Because it's not, I mean, I guess part of a fair use argument is that you're transforming it or making it like satire or something like that. But like if they're just using it as is in their movie. I guess if it's, if you regard it as almost like history or something, but I, I, I don't, don't know. Maybe. I don't know if that's it's like, like I don't think the fair use thing would yeah, actually it doesn't hold really up. I don't think so up. either. It's I mean, like, they're not really commenting on it either. They're kind yeah. of, they're building a story around it, but they're not like yeah. saying this is the story of what happened in that yeah. series. Per that's se. right. They're they're fictionalizing yeah, it, you know. But also, of, yeah. fair use usually has to have some sort of newsworthy element right. to it as well, yeah. which this obviously yeah. doesn't either. I mean, it's good that for the NBA. Fascinating. It's, it really gets people talking <laughs> about basketball, and yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a central part of the film. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And how it like ruins people's lives and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sports betting, man. Oh my god, I don't understand let's get, it. Let's, dude, let's get into that. Just yeah. the well, whole, I have a little history yeah, there. Has yeah. anyone else ever bet on sports? No. I didn't. I didn't even know it was legal. I didn't even, I mean. Is that how 
like out I of didn't, the loop you are? You I, didn't know you could bet on sports? I thought you had to have like a bookie or something. I didn't know you could just walk into a casino and do it. In Vegas, Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, it's called the sports book. Yeah. yeah. It's I a big room with 500 TVs. And it's the greatest place on was earth. Was there not no. a time where that kind of betting was not legal? Well, I mean, it depends on – it's illegal in Georgia. Yeah. Okay. But Got there's it. still bookies in Georgia because I used to bet. I've had two <laughs> experiences with gambling. Well, I'll say three. In college, I bet on college basketball when uh, – I don't know if, if – you're into basketball a little bit, right? A little bit, yeah. Uh, the UNLV Rebels in the in the 90s with Larry Johnson and Stacey Ogman. It was, okay, yeah. It was like a like infamous – a legendary college basketball team. So during that era, I bet on college basketball, but it was always like college bookies, 20 bucks on a game or sure, something. Sure, sure. Uh, flash forward to when I lived in New Jersey, I bet on sports uh, with my friend James, and it got a little more serious. Uh-huh. And it built up to one uh, uncut Jim moment <laughs> when I was down uh, $1,000, which – was a really, really big deal to me at the time. Sure. It was pretty catastrophic. I don't know if I had $1,000. I don't know if I would have gotten, like, my legs broken. Right, right, right. Was that kind of deal? Yeah. But uh, it was a big deal. And I, that weekend, do not advise this anyone, placed three. And this was all bets, so, like, 150 bucks maybe. It, it just, I kept getting, you know, I kept losing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's on a weekly thing. So I lost all week. Going into the weekend, I was down 1000 and I placed three $350 bets. Shit. Wow. And I won them all. Wow. Wow. And didn't bet again after you're, that. You were out after that? I was out after wow. that. And then the only time I've bet since then, the third wave was I hate Vegas, but occasionally I've had to go when I was living in LA. And I would I would always go into the sports book with oh, yeah. like two hundred bucks and put some money on some games. I, I like just walking through that room because you can feel the energy, you can feel kind of the, Boy, it's the a tension and everything. Pretty tense room. It's, it's fun to just kind of like cruise through there for a minute and kind of observe that world. It is yeah. really interesting, and I will say this as a, as a big sports fan, um, gambling on sports is really like invigorating. That's how to make it count, right? That's how to like yeah, up the stakes and like get involved in the game. Big yeah. time. It's a fucking rush. Like yeah. I get it. When I was watching this movie, I totally got it. And the end. Oh yeah. I it, don't bet anymore. It's been a long time. It, that was like the most I've ever understood watching sports was watching Sandler watch that game and just every every victory like the oh. the, the fucking tip off. Oh god. The sickness of parlaying the tip off into oh, the other I bets, had a you know. Stomach ache yeah. when he made that the opening yeah. bet of because <laughs> just so you don't so you know a parlay yeah. means you have to win all three bets right. to win yeah. the bet. Right. And the opening and the first tip, one is just nonsense. It, like yeah. it could go it's a coin yeah. toss, you it's know. It's like betting on the Super Bowl coin toss. But but he's so confident it's going to happen and then it does and it's like that could have tanked everything. Well, he has that line on that so one. Like, oh, yes, guys, that we was the hardest one. Didn't win that one. Yeah, <laughs> that was the hardest one, guys. Everything's good from now on. <laughs> Everything's good. Yeah. Wow. Oh, God, that whole scene wow. was just like oh, my God. Yeah, Maybe so mild spoilers set it up right. No, no oh, yeah. this is going to be spoiled. Okay. Um, yeah, man. Oh, again, I, 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 I'm not a sports guy. I don't really get get it, but I got it. Yeah. When when there are those stakes, and also, but the way he behaves, he's he's like a drug addict. He's like a mm-hmm. junkie. Yeah. And he's just you know he all rhyme or reason goes out the window, and he starts to like you start to almost develop this weird kind of admiration for him where you're like, he knows something that I don't know. And this is a skill for him. But then you also realize he doesn't. (laughs) But maybe he does. And the way he's talking to Garnett when he's like, he gets worked up into this frenzy where he's like, you know, this is how I win. The the, the big, big line for the movie where he 
talks, he, he thinks he's got some sort of insight into this guy's mind right. and how he's going to behave. Because of that gem. Because of this yeah, gem yeah. that he's like his totem now. It adds whatever. this sort of mystical yeah. quality oh, to totally, it. Dude. You know? Totally, dude. Totally. I think there's something, there's an element to something valid there because I know like a lot of athletes are, are very superstitious. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like I've got to have my special glove or my special pants or my special socks or whatever. Yep. And uh, you know, it may be BS in the kind of material objective domain, but if it's affecting the psychology it's and the confidence of that, of that anything. player, yeah. it, it is re- as real as anything else. So he knew that that gym was like the thing that was going to make KG crush that game. Yeah. He could feel it. And so that gave him that edge. It's almost like insider trading. Like he knows this guy is going to go out there and just like right. go, go nuts, like you know? insider trading, but like how are you going to enforce it? Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, how yeah, would yeah. you call? Oh, you knew that he no, had the magic yeah. stone oh, that was exactly. going to make yeah, him crush. Well, that's the you thing know, is there is nothing pointers. enforceable. Gambling like that is all about trying to get as much insider information as possible. It's like in uh, in Casino when De Niro finds out, you know, is the quarterback's girlfriend pregnant? Like, right. what, <laughs> what kind of uh, wood is on the court? All yeah. that kind of stuff. Like, he, any edge you can get yep. but is going to move point. the odds it's in your fair. favor. The idea of edge, it's nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. on a on paper kind of way. But mm-hmm. to the person in their mind, and if you think you have a an insight into that, it's, it, it's money in the bank, I mm-hmm. guess, theoretically. But it's all yeah. bullshit. It's bullshit to the guy <laughs> who thinks this is a magic rock, yeah. but he believes it. Therefore, it's not. Maybe bullshit. he's playing better. I, you know? Who knows? Yeah. Well, I, I like what you said about you. As a viewer, you kind of develop an, an admiration right. for Sandler's character. Um, and right before we came in here, I pulled up the script, which you can find online. Mm-hmm. And the cover page of it under the title, it just says in all capitals, in Howard we trust. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I think there's a sense that, I mean, obviously, you know, the movie was probably loosely inspired, like we said, by their father. But there's a sense of like, even though he is kind of a scumbag in some ways, the Safties clearly have a lot of love or admiration for them, even though they still acknowledge he's he's in a downward spiral, Mm -hmm. you know, and all the, the negative qualities of him. There's something... I don't know, sort of, uh, it almost relates to, like, the American dream. Yes, absolutely. You, I mean, you're rooting for him. Yeah, yes. you are. Even though you know th- this is only going to end one of two ways. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. it can only go, the, mo- the, the you can only have the best possible outcome or the worst possible right. outcome. Yeah. Right. You know? there really is no There's middle no ground. middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. And what I love about the lead up to the very ending when he's watching the game is how his, the sort of antagonist of the movie, Arno, yeah. who also happens to be his, like, brother-in-law. brother-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eric Bogosian? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When he's Amazing. locked in that, that entryway, yeah. he's oh, so God. fed up with Sandler's character, but as the game is going on... He's getting into he's it. He's getting into uh-huh. it. Yeah. yeah. And he's sort of... You know, he's soft. This might actually happen. This might actually happen. He's asking his henchmen, like, what does it say on that screen? Are we winning? What's going on? Yeah, like he can't help. His eyes start to lighten up. Yep. He can't help but be drawn in just the way Sandler is. Yeah. Well, and that's why, I mean, we can go ahead and talk about the ending. That's why that ending is such a fucking gut tragic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he wins, he's happy. (laughs) Guys, let me let you out of your little prison. We did it. We did it. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Headshot. I mean, just Unceremonious. Like, uh, yeah. And then the fact that Arno gets yeah. offed as well. Yeah, yeah man. What's funny, Hardcore. though, I didn't find it sad, per se. It's not, in a way, because you think, like, 
realistically, what's this gonna, guy going to do with that million? He's going to go fucking bet that too, oh, I know. right? It's not so like he's like, going to make better gonna decisions. Divvy it up? Yeah, like, like, what, what did he think he's, was going to happen yeah, here? Like, yeah. What did any of that? Like, I mean, <laughs> it's just like, and, you know, <clears throat> he's he's going to keep doing it until he can't do it anymore, right? So yeah. at least this way, he goes out like on top. He's experiencing this moment of like pure ecstasy and that's victory right. and so on. It and is a happy moment. And then he's dead before he knows it. Yeah, that's true. He's not laying there thinking like, oh my god, I've been killed because of my actions. Like, it's just he's elated and then. Eye, he's know? sitting up in heaven going, <laughs> what the fuck happened? Yeah. <laughs> that was great. And um, what I love, too, is uh, the person who actually ends up with the money is Julia Fox's character. Yeah. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen after the fact. But right. I like the idea that she kind of might end up with all this money. Yeah. Right. She's yeah. kind of the the unsung hero right. of this, you yeah. know. And it was so interesting, too, because at first you think that she's, like, using him or that she's yeah. some sort of, like, it's you very know. complex. Uh, that she's using him or that she's in some way playing him. It's like a sugar um, daddy Yeah, sugar daddy situation. But you realize that she genuinely, Cares like, loves him. Yeah, I think yeah. they do love each other. Yeah. yeah. Is that the take? Yeah, I think I mean, so. I think, I think the, uh, and I Her think there's anyway. a deeper theme of like she's kind of the only one in a way that sees the the true potential maybe of Howard that that he mm-hmm. is this sort of uncut gem that he has this thing within him that yeah. is you know um, worth loving, worth caring about, mm-hmm. where everyone else just sees a complete screw up. You know, oh man, his she, family, his daughter, and his wife is just yeah, <laughs> they just fucking loathe him. Yeah, man. it's yeah. so cutting. Both of those scenes, the one with the daughter at the fridge. Ugh. He's inconsequential. Yeah. And then the the stuff with the wife at the end when she's laughing in his face. Yeah. yeah. It's and just he's like, like, he's like, so he's like I brutal. want you to hit me. And she fakes it. Yeah. And he like, flinches, you know, oh, flinches or whatever. Yeah. The thing, too, that was really striking about, like, um, the different environments that he kind of inhabits. Like, when he's at home, he feels so out of his element. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't make sense for him to be there when yeah. he's at that school play so out of his element yeah. he's always trying to leave he's uh, well yeah and he's yeah. always on his phone that's uh-huh. that was a thing that uh, resonated yeah. with me actually just the obsession with like go 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 constantly update update check you know all yeah. my yeah. So- even about his social stats and you know tag me on instagram right, and that right, whole right. shit like yeah. he's so obsessed with that too yeah well again he's he is this embodiment almost of like a certain americanness you know of of like contemporary americanness mm-hmm. let's say like the the obsession with the the kind of um, narcissism, the the sort of like obsession with online, the obsession mm-hmm. with just what's new, what's hot, what's what's coming status. in, you know, and status and and, and winning and and um, novelty and 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 you know he's he's on this sort of like it, it it feels like with with the Julia Fox character, he's not really. I mean, I, I guess he's into it in some ways, but it almost seems like he's just kind of going through the motions in a way of having this, like, apartment and, like, this kind of, like, mistress. And um, it it just feels like he, he doesn't really derive any pleasure from anything other than the gambling, you know, other it's, than, it's like, all upping about the, the hustle. stakes. Yeah. 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 And everything else is just kind of, like, you know, um, just what he feels obligated to do, I guess, in and, some weird way. And it's the it's that – it's the thrill and the high from – like you said, the constant hustle, mm-hmm. not just of the wins, but also of the the, the losses. Maybe even more. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. it's like he, he loves both of yeah. them just to yeah. be in it and, you know, being able to sort of craft some high-stakes life for himself. Yeah, because right, then you right. have a chance to dig yourself out if you're losing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. what's more invig- – I mean, I had my stupid little story, and I got to tell you, dudes, when I won those three bets – I that was better than my wedding day. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a high, you know, yeah. to feel because you feel like you've beaten 
someone. Well, it's like Howard says, you know, he said he wins one or maybe it's it's when he gets the the gym, I think. And he says, holy shit, I'm going to fucking come. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it's really funny. There's there's this moment where the Safties actually use CGI to shrink his eyeballs down and make them smaller. Uh, really? Nobody, nobody noticed this, but um, somebody compared a screenshot of like the same shot from before and then after. If you do it side by side, you it's can like see that. It's like an endorphin oh, wow. rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can see the eyes are cool. like physically shrunk down. There's this really funny thing on Twitter where somebody tweeted that at the Safties and they replied like, you know, good, good eye. Nice like, catch. Nice catch. But then they were also like, how'd you get those screenshots? Because it's not in the trailer. It's not floating uh, around. It's from a screener. <laughs> That's uh, kind of wait bad. a minute. And then, and then they went, oh, yeah, well, you stole from the NBA. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you can't point. say shit. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because, like, by all accounts, like, by any metric that anybody like like, like the, the, the four of us would have, um, he's successful. He's got the apartment in the city. He's got, he's got the dope Jersey, house in New or Jersey Long or Long Island yeah, or whatever. Yeah. He's got the Dina Menzel as his wife. Uh-huh. You know, he's got the kids. He's got oh, the car. He's got the successful jewel shop or whatever. I wonder is is it like is he maintaining? Is his obs- I think it's just about the obsession and the yeah, high. Yeah. I don't think he's. I think he he, he doesn't need the money per se. Well, I and, think the, uh, the like the Passover scene especially. I feel like. Is, is really showing that to somebody else, this could be just a great life, just mm-hmm. to be content with what he has, this family, this tradition, his success, and so on. But to him, it's like nothing. He takes it all for granted, and the only way he can feel alive is to just up the stakes and risk it all and almost throw it all away or whatever. And that sort of gets to the, the contemporary Americanness yeah. of, of the whole yeah. thing. And, and the fact that, too, like the reason he's doing all this is probably because he he sees it as an escape from kind of the boring right. suburban mundane. mundane life of being a husband and a father. Mm-hmm. Like I love when he's at home and his his wife keeps telling him to go uh, talk to his son in yeah, bed, you know, put or him to, put him to put him in bed. And then he finally does, and then he's just on his phone yeah. watching the game the whole time. <laughs> that was just having this quiet like, stomach yes, hurt, like yeah. under yeah. under his breath. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And then his older kid, his older son. Has basically become him. Oh right? yeah, man. He's he's already bet on the game too. Very Smaller key stage. scene. Yeah. That really small scene, but, but it was you know, so key. He's got all the basketball memorabilia, and yeah. he's clearly like thinks his dad is the coolest person in the world. You know. Well, um, let's jump back real quick to the beginning. One of my favorite things about this movie is, and they didn't have to do this, but they started out in the the mine, yeah, in the gym mine, and it was just like there's something about that sequence and following that gemstone. Uh, that re and and you know and then how it ends too, which we'll get to, um, just really like knocked my socks off. Oh yeah, yeah. added a lot to the movie. And I th- a sense of scale, a sense of scale, and I think it 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 reminds you of sort of the uh, class and racial context mm-hmm. yes. of of the movie. Much like uh, a lot of people have talked about how Good Time mm-hmm. is very aware of how. Robert Pattinson's character is this white man who's able to do all these things at the expense of people of color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie with that opening kind of reminds you of where all this is coming from and the exploitation of labor and all that. And it, it gets addressed in the movie when him and KG are talking about the gem. What did you pay for it versus yeah. what are you going to charge? Was he being honest there? Do you think he paid a hundred grand for it? Yeah, and I think actually – I didn't notice this until the second time watching it, but – it's 100K that he owes to Arno in the first place. Uh-huh. So I think that's the 100K that he borrowed from him to buy the Opal in the first place. Oh, You're totally right. So it's all yeah. circular. And the crazy oh, thing shit. about it is, is yeah. that 
you know, when it goes to auction, it finally sells for what, like one ninety. One ninety to to Judd Hirsch. To, to Judd Hirsch, his so father-in-law. Yeah. He's going to have to pay him back. I think it's almost forty grand on top of yep. just giving him the money back. So now he's only made what, like one that makes it one what thirty five or something. Well, and that's one, what he was talking about when KG asked him. Yeah, that was kind of one of the and defeatist then, parts. And then, and then, like you, you think about all this other money that he's got tied up in, like pawning the watch or pawning yep. the 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 championship <laughs> ring and everything. Like he's probably going to break even at the end of all this. Like if he lives, you know, if he doesn't place that, which is a bet. win for him though. Yeah, as yeah, an addict, yeah. as a gambling addict, yeah. you break even. You're like, all right, I'm not out any money. But that's and I got to rush for a few days. When he when he gets that money, you know, he gets like the he's finally got it. He can just give the money over to Arno oh, in the in the goons and. And, there were so away. many moments where yeah, yeah. I mean it's a movie about a character who does nothing but make the wrong decisions. Yeah. Starting from the very beginning, I was like, Oh God, don't let him leave without fucking Jim. Yeah. Like it's Kevin yeah. Garnett, yeah. but still just yeah. don't do it, man. This is gonna be a bad thing. Do, do some paperwork or something, you know. Yeah. Bare minimum. And he lets him walk out. Look, <laughs> Keith Stanfield was so good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's great in yeah. everything. Oh, yeah. Boy, yeah. He was but good in Really this. instrumental. It's great character. Great to compare his performance in this and his performance in like, Knives, uh, Out. Knives Out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's two so completely different dude. characters. He's so and, yeah. versatile. I, yeah. I, I think he's, he's brilliant. Yeah. He feels like one of the, like he could be one of the non actors that they cast or something. He's, he just fits that role so, like, uh, it, uh, he just he just feels like a natural fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Boy, no, the non-actors in this were great. Some of those creeps. Yeah, the one guy that the just heavy. keeps kind of popping up. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I can't remember how much he owes him. It's not even that much. He's yeah. sort of a small timer. Yeah, yeah. But he's always there, just sort of. I think to drive home that thing of like this guy walks a block down New York, and there's not going to be someone that's like, hey, hey, wait, yeah. come on. Yeah. Like, what do you owe me? I actually thought, I thought this was really smart. I, I kind of thought they were planting the seed for that guy to, like, take him out. Sure, sure. Yeah, because yeah. he was giving him such that. a small he, he was yeah. being so, like, dismissive to yes. him because he only owes him 30K or whatever, yeah, yeah. and he's like, fuck, get, get the fuck out of my face. I think that was a misdirect on I think purpose. it was, too. Yeah. No, yeah. I think it definitely was because he kept popping up and, like, knocking on the door, and I figured there was going to be that one yeah. time where he's he just walks up and shoots him in the face, you know? You know? yeah. There's 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 a, a bunch of misdirects in the movie. Like there's that scene where Adam Sandler and his family get home, and his wife tells him to take out the garbage, mm-hmm. and it follows him for a really long time while he's rolling these trash cans down yeah. the driveway at like night. And the wax feels like he's going to get down to the end of the driveway, yep. and Arno's going to be there, or whatever. Something's going to happen. Similarly, when he goes to the apartment, uh-huh. and like the Madonna song is yeah. playing, rain, and you think uh, she's going to be dead or exactly. something. Uh-huh. That's yeah. what I thought. Uh-huh. She's going to be like hanging somewhere, dead in the bathtub or something. And Nothing happened. But instead, you know? she just had taken her stuff. Yeah, yeah. Very orderly, yeah. you know. Like, but there's yeah. there's there's several moments like that where we're trained as a viewer uh-huh. to get really tense and expect the worst, and then just nothing happens. Oh, they, the Safties are playing the audience like a fucking fiddle yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. because they give you those little reprieves every now and then. But other than that, it's just uh, and the the Passover scene was probably the quietest, longest quiet sequence. But other than that, it's just. A, a wire that they just, it's like a guitar string you yeah. keep tightening yeah. and you're like, oh God, when is that thing going <laughs> to exactly. pop? Even the stuff at the house is tense. Yeah. yeah. Just the dynamic between him and his family and his wife and his like constant obsession and you realizing, dude, you are fucking up yeah. as a family man. Yeah. Like you are a terrible father. Yeah. And, and then, yeah. you know, me as a, as a father, I see that and that's triggering for me yep. where I'm like, you you suck like you're you know and it made me see like maybe I'm on my phone too much maybe I'm not being present enough for my kid but this guy is the extreme yeah. uh, version of that and you felt like a pretty good dad walking out of that movie I, didn't you damn right I did <laughs> it's yeah. so sad too like when he's, he's I've never gotten shoved naked into a trunk and my kids uh, <laughs> oh god that part was so great 
it's it's so sad when he's 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 telling his kids like, uh, hey, I'm gonna go into this the the city for like a cool show thing. tonight. Ooh. It's this guy of the weekend, you know, and they're just uh-huh. like, you're not cool, dude. Like yeah. you yeah. shouldn't be trying to be cool with your and, kid. And anyway. he does. He isn't cool. No, he's, he's the old he's guy. A at the joke. Show. He's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he's wearing wearing this goofy outfit. Yeah. And everyone else is young and Tacky. sexy and cool. Yeah. And he's just so out of place and making a scene yeah. and like gets thrown out on his ass. Yeah. You know? yeah. God, the sequence where he. Uh, where Lakeith Stanfield shows up, he doesn't have the gym, Oof. and he's like, you're fucking driving me to Philly yeah. right now. <laughs> and they go down there. He gets all the way to Philly and gets – because he goes to take a layup yeah. and, like, play around for a second. Makes, makes an ass of himself And then right gets away. locked out of the <laughs> locked out of the locker room, and Lakeith Stanfield is just like, nope. Yeah. He, I, I kept thinking, like, oh, he's going to come back and mm-hmm. get him. But no, he has no. to get on a plane <laughs> to go back yeah. to New York. Yeah. Unbelievable. Make it, make it back to his kids' recital. He in did time. it all to himself. You know, he I shouldn't know. have given him the fucking gem in the first. He's place. his own worst enemy in that way. That does remind me of uh, the the scene, or when he's watching the the, ba- the basketball game at the end. Mm-hmm. There's a shot of KG like in the locker room at halftime. Yeah, yeah. And you hear the coach's voice like giving them the pep talk, right. and they actually got Doc Rivers. Like in uh-huh. the credits, it's actually Doc Rivers. They got to do the voice of that. Oh, did he? Did he that was an ADR line. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, which is pretty awesome. And I think. Oh, it was meant to be footage. Was it meant to be like? Well, um, no, it's a shot. They recreate in the locker room. Yeah, they recreate with the gem by his locker. Yeah, but you hear like the coach kind of giving the. I remember that pep talk, but that is the actual. The, the guy who's at the actual. Coach oh yeah, at the you time. Could tell, I mean, if you know you know Doc Rivers' voice, then I you see. Could tell. I didn't. I didn't know his voice, so I was yeah. like, I wonder if that was. And then the credits, it's like, yeah, that's pretty great. But yeah. uh, that that reminds me of the way the film weaves actual history with this story, yes. which is pretty great. And it, you know, if you read some interviews with them talking about how they got the movie made, like one of the reasons they kept rewriting the script was because depending on which basketball player they might be able to get. Mm-hmm. They would have to rewrite it, you know, to to take a place. Different series, different year, different different yeah. series, different finals, or whatever. Yeah. Like at one point, they were uh, talking to Amari Stoudemire. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the original guy they wanted. A few other people, and so, uh, you know, me watching it, I didn't, I didn't remember the outcome of of the finals. I didn't either, man. You know, and I remember that series, and that's interesting because I was thinking, I mean, that's part of the great. You know, thing about that sequence is you don't know yeah. which way it's going to go, and the way it sort of rewrites history to tie it all to the gem, and then how the actual NBA footage at the end they interview KG and he's mm-hmm. like, it was just me and the Rock, yeah, yeah, and of course he's talking about the basketball, uh-huh. but it's recontextualizing to think about that. Yeah. It's funny, my friend uh, from Boston, Mark Finney, he's a filmmaker, um, good dude. I knew him through Emily back in, in the LA days. He uh, great uh, small independent film he made called Fat. By the way, you can mm. seek that out. But Finney is um, obsessed with this movie, favorite movie like of of the year for sure, sure. Uh, on Facebook. But he's a big Boston guy, so I, I, I was curious if he remembered the outcome and how that affected. It's got to take something out of it if you're like, oh no, I remember the Celtics won and KG had like whatever. Definitely covered his point total. Maybe, but you don't know. You, you may not remember that he made the the tip off or something. You know, right? There's exactly. little like the, the kind of nonsensical parlay stuff. The prop bets. Yeah. Nobody would remember unless. And I had never like a, heard that bet where everything counts as a point. Yeah. Like a basket, a rebound. What and else? He's just got to cover twenty six. Like whatever. Yeah. That yeah. Thing is. Yeah. So nerve wracking. <laughs> um, let's talk about the score for a second. Oh yeah. Because it may be my favorite score of all time now. It's it's way up there for I me. I mean, it's yeah. it it was like 
classic and like uh, and and sort of it, it shouted out to like Vangelis mm-hmm. yes. and some of this. Uh, there's er, one. Early there's one track that's, that's very very much like something on the Akira soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but well, it's, it's like Vangelis. Those, uh, it's got a lot of that drum. percussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But it's just and the one with the like the chanting. Yes, which oh, is God, very kind of so class like that. Yeah, yeah. The kind of choral minimalist. Uh, you know, D- Daniel Lepatin, the composer. He's he's remixed Philip Glass. He's remixed Steve Reich. He's you know he's 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 very 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 aware of a lot of trends in in twentieth century composition. Mm-hmm. You know classical, experimental, pop as well. Um, yeah, he's he's a very very um, important figure I think in contemporary music overall. Well, he's essentially credited with inventing the vapor, vapor wave, wave exactly. movement, which is sort of like a recontextualization of like esoteric. 80s and 90s, um, uh, easy listening type music like or video music, game music. Just anything you know, disposable. And, and, you know? and, and it'll sample things from like old uh, TV commercials. Right. And it's all this kind of mashup, but ultimately danceable and kind of fun, chill wave kind of like, you know, sound. But almost um, as like a commentary on like the the emptiness of of that there's there's it's a all deep, gum, deep undercurrent right, of sadness to a lot of vaporwave stuff and and then his his solo stuff is as ono tricks how you say one of tricks, one of tricks point yeah. never really takes that even further and gets even more like I don't know. He's, it's he's forging his own kind mm-hmm. of mashup genre and then his film work is much more arpeggiated synth driven and percussion and much more like like you said like a Vangelis or like a Tangerine Dream or something it's very much that 80s again there's uh, there's a track in this but contemporary at the same time very very much so yeah Yeah, there's there's a track in this that's also quite similar to one of the tracks on Sorcerer that uh, Tangerine Dream scored for William Friedkin which I think Friedkin's a big influence on the Safties in general clearly I'm a huge fan of that sound like Giorgio Moroder uh, Tangerine Dream all that stuff like uh, really really love that yeah and it works in this movie so well. I mean, part of being a good scorer is working with the film and not just being like some awesome piece of music. And it just it just really provided the, the perfect sort of background to all this stuff. I read a thing where the ratio of music parts to non-music parts is very high. It's like 52 minutes of music, yeah, I think, I, I, and like wow. 134, mm-hmm. 100, yeah, something minutes. I haven't really. listened to it yet. Uh, just oh, it's great. No, me neither. Yeah. I've been listening to it a lot. He did the Good Time soundtrack as yes. well, which is, it's, this is almost like a jacked up version of the Good Time soundtrack. Yeah. They're yeah. very similar, but this one, clearly there was more budget, like it's more orchestral. It yeah. has much more of these huge... Well, and the chanting sort of recalled yeah. the early stuff uh, the the gym mine it just yeah. sort of yeah. all like worked That's together right. I think yeah the I was listening to yet another podcast I think with the Safties and um, but Daniel Lepatin was there as well and he he basically was saying that what they were trying to do with the score was almost bring out the inner life the inner feeling of the the Howard Ratner character something that not to just reinforce what's on screen but to give it like another dimension and I think it really really works there's some of these um, tracks you wouldn't necessarily um, they're they're not the obvious way to score the scenes let's say yeah um, they are certainly driving but a lot of times they're these kind of like major key like upbeat sort of things and you know you may be feeling like this guy is destined for like tragedy as you're watching it but you're feeling this this kind of lift and it's kind of giving you insight into his own internal kind of state that mm-hmm. he's in a state of kind of ecstasy or something yeah. in these moments, even though we as viewers know that he's kind of maybe doomed. Um, it, it's just a very, very interesting way that uh, that they work with music. It's not, you know, traditional film scoring. That's really interesting. It almost puts you in his mindset exactly. a little bit. Yeah. 
And they, it's they, a druggy movie somehow. Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> Good Time as well. Maybe even more so. The, oh, yeah. The, the mixed lighting and— It's kind of psychedelic, yeah. but also obviously super speedy. Yeah. Like there, it's, there's a couple of druggy feelings and in this movie. And yet no one does drugs in this movie. Actually, I, well, the weekend does coke in the yeah. In the, there's that's a little okay. bit of that, <laughs> but that's that's a very minimal, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. quick yeah, does, snort in the does bathroom Howard, thing. You know? Howard ever do drugs? In no, no, I no. Don't think this so, is his drug. I don't think he yes. does. Yeah, gambling is I don't think yeah. he. I don't think he, he, he touches either. Stuff. I don't think he does anything. No, you never. No, he's even a at that, he's not at that party to party. Right, he's there to like you know hustle and get his gem back. And just kind of make the scene. Make the scene. Yeah. 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 How Howard got his gem back. <laughs> the sequel. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think my favorite, uh, let's name our favorite non-actor in the movie, because mine, hands down. Helicopter <laughs> pilot? It is the fucking dude that helps out Julia Fox. Oh, yeah. that guy's name is, I, I forget With his first tan? name, but his oh, last name God. is literally Diamond. Really? He's a real guy. He's like oh, a real billionaire, like spray tan kind of dude. Oh, man. What that the dude. Hell? Yeah. That hair. And and in the end, he like legit helps her. You th- yeah. That's misdirection too, because you think he's going to do something yeah. super skeezy right, and right. nefarious, skeezy and creepy, and then he ultimately just like he's just a nice guy helps her out. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, I think he's the way I read his character sort of afterward, because the whole time I was thinking the same thing, like, oh man, she's going to go to his room and he's going to do something really bad. Yeah. yeah, I think he just likes the company of of a young. Hot woman like that. He's like the – he's kind of the old sad guy. And like they don't have yeah. to sleep together. If they do, great. Right. But if not, like come and hang out in my suite. Yeah. Order some shrimp cocktail and <laughs> yeah. a lobster and yeah. like have a good time. Yeah. So interesting. He just wants the company probably. Wayne what about Diamond. you guys? Wayne Diamond. Wayne Diamond. No, he was, my fa- name. he was my favorite by, by, by a mile. Yeah. By a mile. And that, that – uh, not, not, like, not get too sidetracked, but like that was another thing. Like nothing – aside from Howard getting killed uh, obviously – uh, and, and his brother, which is tragic. Nothing really horrific happens to anybody in this movie. Well, in a way, like, like save it for the end. For no sure. no yeah, one gets their fingers smashed. There's oh, none right, of those right. like yeah. like like gambling movie cliches. Yeah. You're right. Well, and like uh, that was that was the thought that I had watching it the first time was kind of like these guys are a little soft on him. Like I think like a real life you know, heavy and bookie situation, they would be... He got his break. ass kicked at one point. But yeah, you don't but realize that's his brother exactly. for that's a hot why. minute. And that's yeah. why brother he's able to push... Right. Excuse yeah. me. Yes, exactly. That's why he's able to push the envelope so much is because he does have that family connection and uh-huh. Arno's not going to just take it all the way there. No, did, you're right. Did, did you get the sense that Arno was over in over his head oh, big time. with those yeah. guys? The second like, time yeah. through, you can really see the fear he's in his eyes when he's just like... I'm beholden to these guys yeah, now yeah, who are yeah. way more hardcore exactly. than, I, than I am yeah. than I signed up for. Yeah. It's like spiraled out of control for him too, yeah. which is what's so scary about the ending when you know he he shoots him in the head and then the the panic that Arno has in that moment and I'm implicated. He's, he's got now, the gun against know? his head. Yeah. He's on the counter. He's saying, "Let me out! I want out!" You know. Yeah. And then he he walks away from him for a second. He makes that one last like, ah, desperate dash for the door. No, he's going. And then to. he just shoots yeah. him in the head. I think dead. too. There's this this sense of you know, like you said, there isn't much violence in the movie. To me, there is this sense of. Uh, with Arno and Howard, like, these very well-to-do guys sort of feeling like they can dip their toes into, quote-unquote, the criminal underworld without having to, like— right, get dirty. Get dirty and really suffer the consequences of how it would be for for most people who are deep into this world. And, again, that speaks to the idea of, like, class differences. big time, big time. I do think Howard understands it way more than Arno. Probably, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Arno probably just out of desperation because Howard was probably just going to blow him off forever, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, my brother-in-law, what are you going to do? You yeah, know? keep putting him off. And and that's probably – it was out of desperation that he probably turned to these guys in the first place and yeah. then set the whole train in motion. Uh, I was 
another bit of misdirection is I thought that Julia Fox was going to fuck up the bet somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he gives her these, you know, it's so explicit. Right. And what I thought was going to happen was he was going to think he won the bet, yeah. but oh. she had put it in wrong. But they already did that. Yeah. Well, well, he stopped yeah. the bet. You he, know. Like, he, he thought he had true. won big yeah. and, they, yeah. and, the, and his brother stopped the bet. Yeah. 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 So yeah. That, yeah. That's like, right. Uh, but you're right. No, there's so many things that could have gone wrong. Yeah. Uh-huh. She seemed like a little bit of an airhead kind of like like maybe she wasn't gonna, you know, follow yeah. through or yeah. like like fuck up or something like that, but yeah. she was she was perfect. She's she perfect. did it just she right. Did exactly right. And she yeah. aside from Wayne Diamond. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) She was my favorite. Like you said, she was – this was her first acting role, Uh, I think. Yeah, I think think so. It's not going to be her last. She's going to be – Oh, my God. Pretty hot item, I think. She was just great in this for all the reasons we mentioned. See, I think of her as as, uh, – that's acting. Oh, yeah. Wayne Diamond is sort of a kooky character. Being himself. Like like she (laughs) is a a true – true. But but I've I've watched a few video interviews and things with her and she's – you get the sense that she's very much kind of – just being herself on camera. Uh, like, she, I mean, she is acting, but uh, her personality is definitely a little bit like this. Yeah. And the, the Safties seem well, to... Well, that's what you do. You play to someone's strength. Yeah, the Safties seem to, if you read interviews with them, they, they meet somebody interesting. Mm-hmm. And in New York, there's plenty of people like right, that. Right, And they'll start a conversation with them, and then maybe that person will get a call a few weeks later and say, hey, you want to be in this movie? Right. You know, and, and I think they're really good, like we said, at not just identifying people who would work well in those situations, but just directing them really well. I yeah. think, yeah. you know, that's something that you could easily overlook with sort of the powerhouse performance of Sandler. Yeah. Right. You know, that they're so good at directing all of these these people in, in smaller roles. Yeah. Especially, like, somebody like KG. Yeah. Like, uh, be, you know, that's people... That's tough, man. These athletes are stiff. Yeah, yeah. Usually. People who, God, who are in like the public Shaq. eye. Yeah. Shaq yeah. on or Michael Jordan. Shaq on career enthusiasm yeah. Is, yeah. is almost painful. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. They, they get a really... Good performance out of he's Kevin in Garnett. a lot of scenes so too. too. Yeah, he, he really yeah. has to like be. It's not like intense, a cameo. He know? is no. like well, one of the central uh-huh. characters that really needs to work for yeah. this whole thing to. Yeah. Oh, it could have fallen apart. Yeah, and I love this kind of thing where they could have like had to stop shooting if it didn't yeah. right, go well. Right, and I love that Kevin Garnett's willingness to sort of have this narrative revolve around <laughs> <Yeah>. something <laughs> that actually happened to him. Oh, I bet he's so stoked, dude. He's yeah. gonna go to the Oscars. Yeah, dude. And yeah. He, he's gonna be the most noticeable guy there. Oh, like, yeah. and do you think that was tall. his actual ring he he used in the movie? Oh, probably. probably. His, yeah. his championship oh, I, I ring. You know? Oh, that they probably would have insisted. They would have yeah. insisted. Yeah. 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 When he immediately gets that ring and goes and pawns it right away. Like, oh, dude! It's like the junkie going to get his next fix. He had to do it. Absolutely. Um. One of my favorite motifs was the double doors mm-hmm. to get into uh, – what was the name of the shop again? Um, I never caught a it, name. Yeah, I, don't, it, I don't remember I think it was the initials uh, or something. You're right. It was like K – HCM or K, yeah, K, yeah. K whatever. Um, the door motif of the double doors, you got to get buzzed to get in. You're in that little vestibule. Yeah. You got to get buzzed again. Uh, it doesn't work sometimes. Yes. People are outside trying to get in. Yeah. They're on camera. They they worked that for they milked it for everything they could that that sequence so where where they show up and they can't get it to open yeah. and they're trying everything to Everyone's get it to open stressed out. And everyone well, you, you, you know you've been stressed for these arrival in yeah, the first place yeah. oh, right yeah, like, yeah. oh they oh god finally they're here yeah. and you they can't get in but yeah. they're they're brilliant at creating that kind of like. That, that sense of just being overwhelmed with, yeah. like, too many things happening at the same time. And hitting the buzzer repeatedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And being <laughs> like, no, stop doing that. That's not going to help. And, and all that kind of stuff. Like, they're, they're so good. It, it reminded me, actually, of uh, certain moments in Punch Drunk Love with Sandler as well, mm-hmm. where 
uh, he's walking around his warehouse space. exactly and yeah. and like yeah. stuff's falling off the shelves right. and and, and yeah. he's 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 trying to talk to somebody and somebody else is bugging him about this other thing and he's got a phone call from his sister you're and, right you're right you know it, it's that sense of again just like overload sensory overload complete just like panic and 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 anxiety and yeah. they're they're uh, they capture it so well here but he thrives on it yes oh, yeah. yeah he's he, it's he's not <laughs> a very different character yeah. you know yeah uh, another bit of misdirection there that just I just remembered is the shot of the 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 magnet or the whatever the that file the, the is, shiv or whatever, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever it is. Uh, yeah. It shows that shot of it on the floor, yeah. mm-hmm. and I'm like, it, obviously, like uh, someone's going to get stabbed with that thing yeah. right yeah. through the eyeball. Well, That's how this movie's like, going to end. You know, he's like they're they're going to leave right when he's placed the bet. They're pissed off at him, mm-hmm. and and they're just like, you know, Arno says to him like, "You're an idiot," and 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 yeah. they go to leave. And they're that's what they're going to do. They're going to walk out of the building. Mm-hmm. And he gets them buzzed in the first part. And then the second part, that thing falls out purely by chance. And then he, he looks at it and he <sighs> has this idea. Moment, it? yeah. It's a parlay. It's yes. like, it's oh, like, it's like, oh, I could, I could up this even further. Let it ride. Yeah. Jesus. Whereas he could have, they could have just gone. And right. then maybe they intercept her on the way to the casino where she gets the bed in and who knows Well, I mean, what. that's why he trapped him because they were, yeah. they were going to get right, her. Right, right, right. But, you know, it's like things could have played out so differently. It wasn't like he had the plan in his mind that he's yeah. going to trap them in there. He Again, that was a plan too. in his mind. Yeah. You know, yeah. no. And it's not like he cared about the girl. He cared about the bet. Yeah, yeah. I think he cared about her. A little, but to some not, extent. I don't know, man. I, I don't, give him much capacity for caring about anybody other than himself. Yeah, there, there's also Maybe. that moment where um, uh, the other, the, the big heavy, I think his name is Phil in the movie, and mm-hmm. the actor's name is Keith. The scary guy. First time. Yeah, yeah he's, he's amazing too. It's incredible. Um, but there's a moment where he's on his cell phone to somebody you don't know mm-hmm. who he's talking to or what he's saying, and Sandler sees that happening, and then he goes over to his phone and calls his wife and makes up the story about a gas leak. Get out yeah. of the Because he's just saying, get out. Yeah. Go somewhere safe because they sense. might send somebody to kill you. But he yeah. can't say that, so he makes up the not. thing about the gas leak. But he he's getting some sense of the stakes mm-hmm. are this high that they might just start killing my family or something. Yeah, but he's still willing to do it. Of course, yeah. so it's not going to stop. Of course, because uh, again, my... he doesn't care about his fucking yeah. family. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. If you use paper, you're a human. 
But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Another one of my favorite uh, scenes acting-wise, even though the whole movie is just acting powerhouse, is uh, the 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 fight between he and Julia Fox outside the club with the taxi? Yes. Yeah. Um, if you've ever been to New York City like more than once on a, like a Friday or Saturday night and you're out late, one hundred percent chance you have seen a couple fighting outside a club. <laughs> oh, exactly. For like this. sure. Yeah. I've seen it dozens of times. And then when and it she's was so yeah. real when she's doing the walk of shame yeah. back, kind of. Yeah. yeah. And, and, those and, girls just, are and at she's her. just talking shit. You yeah. know, like Fuck that's you. so real. <laughs> it's so real. You're the one standing on the fucking sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the exactly. Cold. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh my god. Yeah, that's a great moment. Uh, well, let's pay honor to Adam Sandler here for a second. We've talked around a lot of oh, this. Yeah. I know. But. Uh, it, it's just mind-boggling. It will be one of the, and there was a lot of great acting this year, but it will be one of the great crimes if he doesn't win the I know, Oscar. I think I know. he's a lock, right? Sandman. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and like in terms of the casting, it's so important that it is somebody like Sandler. Yeah, that is like inherently, intrinsically, yep. unavoidably likable. Yeah, you mm-hmm. just want to root for the guy. You just I think Brad Pitt talked about that. Yeah, on like his no matter no this. matter what you do, no matter what he does. You're, there's still a part of you that's kind of rooting for him. Yeah. And it's so important. There could be so many other actors that might be excellent in other ways, but they don't invoke that sympathy from the audience. Yeah, like Adam Sandler as a person? Sean yeah. Penn, or okay. if it was Sean Penn or somebody. Right, right. You know, you could, he could do a very people convincing, want to punch Sean Penn in the face anyway. Exactly. You could be okay. a very convincing degenerate gambler, yeah. but you would have less sympathy. You'd just kind of be like, well, you made your bed, now you sleep in it kind of thing. Right. But, Howard, you don't want to see that happen. No, you don't you, think Adam Sandler squandered so much social uh, like you know, goodwill because he's made so many terrible no. poop joke movies? Not for me, no. No? no. no. He's still a lovable no. guy. Yeah. He'll always be opera man. Yeah. <laughs> There's he, he has like a real – apparently he's, he's one of the nicest people in Hollywood. Yeah. He's extremely loyal to his Very hard worker, apparently. That's true. You know, it's That's like a if, good point. You know, you look at like the whole orbit around He's him of all guy. these guys that pop up in like every movie he does. And you can't begrudge like, a guy for wanting to make twenty million dollars yeah, making yeah. a dumb comedy. No, you're yeah. right. And also like I was I was listening to a podcast where they were saying like he does this so he can hang out with his friends. Right. We'll right. make the next what, what is it? The one with Spade and all those yeah, grown-ups. Exactly. Grown-ups. Yeah. We'll make another grown-up so we can go to Cabo right. and just kick it with our families it's for pretty good like, to be Adam Sandler. Well, yeah. he like yeah. he he has in his contract like that he has to kind of, you know, take his kids to school, pick them up from school yeah. every day like when they're shooting. So, he really likes to have this kind of like very um let's say, like, traditional, conventional uh-huh. family life. He had a tuxedo made for his goddamn dog for his wedding. Aww. A little <laughs> yeah. bulldog, Aww. and he had a yeah. custom tuxedo made. But he just seems like a, a phenomenally well-adjusted person, yeah. given how famous and how rich he is. But you know? boy, is he good in this. I mean, yeah. just vanishes from right. your consciousness as and, Adam and Sandler. He's, yeah, he's not 
he's not doing what we think of so, sort of the Adam Sandler Thing. shtick, yeah. Yeah. you know? Whereas even Punch Drunk Love, which he's, I'd say, just as good in, yeah. he's still sure. he's still a little more channeling that right, traditional right. Adam Sort of Sandler. the mumbly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, where this one, he just, like you said, he disappears into this role, even just the way he walks and the yeah. way he delivers lines and yep. he, the way his voice, he sort of has an accent, a like little a, bit, a little yeah. bit of an accent, uh-huh. which just, it, yeah, he disappears into it. He's wearing uh, prosthetic teeth. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're really? like caps or something yes. like that, yeah. veneers. Yeah, that makes no. sense. And, um, and, and he, the only time that I kind of see maybe a little bit of his, of, of his other performances in this is when he has those flare-ups of anger uh-huh. when he starts yeah. yelling or something. That's yeah. when it's I hard kind to of, hear Adam Sandler yell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I can kind of think back to other other things. Yeah. But his, his kind of just like, you know, baseline in this movie is something we really haven't seen him do before. No, and then he also gets the, the you know, Oscar bait scene, you know, where he finally breaks down, down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which this movie needed, I think. It was because he's so just sort of up here and consistently hustling. Uh, KG, come here, come here, come on over here. Let me show you what I got over here. This is right. the most fantastic thing you've ever seen. Yeah. It's that for just so long. And then he finally breaks down there. Uh, and that scene just like sealed the deal, I yeah. think, for him, for this Oscar. And I love that they 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 let that scene play out, but then they also had the kind of like comedic element of her getting the tattoo and, right. the, and him sort of being <laughs> like, because it's funny, like it's funny, but it's also sad when he, he's just sort of like, no, I'm not worth it. Yeah. I don't deserve that. Like Brutal. he's the, the self-loathing that's kind of buried underneath all that uh-huh. stuff. And then he even has that, that great aside about like, now we can't even be buried next to each other, which is a, a Jewish tradition. Right. You know, oh. if you're tattooed, you can't mm-hmm. be buried in mm-hmm. like a. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, totally, yeah, yeah, which is – it's just a funny aside. Um, that That's something that I think is – if you want to talk about the subtext of this movie or, or some of the deeper themes, there's a lot in there about, you know, Jewish identity in America. Sure. Um, you know, obviously the source of the of the opal in the first place are the Ethiopian Jews that are kind of stranded. And, yeah. And um, – yeah, and, and and like the obviously like this this movie has a scene that takes place during Passover, mm-hmm. but when they talked about their other contingencies, if they had to go with a different basketball player, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a different time of year, there was always going to be some Jewish holiday mm-hmm. that was going to coincide mm-hmm. with that you know whole story happening. So it was very important for the Safdies to kind of work that in, work yeah. that kind of like uh, I don't know, like the 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 sense of like trying to assimilate into American society mm-hmm. and become, quote-unquote, fully American but still maintain um, the tradition in a way. Yeah, like he's he's this 100 miles an hour full-time hustler, but he still stops for Passover. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he, he has to. He has yeah. to honor that. Yeah. He even does the reading. Right, yeah. right. And, and, and is probably the most present with family that he ever is time, at any, any other point in the for movie. For that three minutes. Not, yeah. really, not really on his phone for once. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, yeah. though, because yeah. he, he clearly respects the tradition and that element of yeah. family and being part of that crew, even though it's so weird to see the guy that's literally oh, yeah. been chasing after him, trying yeah. to yeah. beat his ass, yeah. uh, sitting across the table from him. and like, Gozian was so good. He's mean so good. Yeah. Judd Hirsch, so good to see him. Yes. Yeah. 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 He's fantastic. Yeah. I was, I was we, I think we share a birthday. So ever oh. since I was a kid, I was like, "Hey, me and Judd Hirsch." I was a big, I was a big Taxi fan. Was, was that kid. sequence kind of when you really realized they were family, or did yeah, you already know? I don't know? think there's a way to I, I know don't before think so that either. Yeah, it's no, a, it's a reveal wild, when it cuts man. to him like mean mugging across the table. Wild. And you're like, oh, I see, and then you're still not sure. The, but it makes sense. Like, oh, that's the, why yeah. he's being a little. Their relationship always seemed a little strange. Yeah, yeah. From the very beginning, oh, right? God, and it's just, not. Ugh. It's not really until. The, the scene right after where he's, you know, it's Sandler and Judd Hirsch, and, and Judd Hirsch is saying to him, like, 
yeah, I don't know about this guy, you know, mm-hmm. like he's, he, he said, you know, happy holidays to me. Like it's fucking Christmas. And right. you know, he's, he, he just, he doesn't like the guy. And so I was like, ah, he's all right. Don't worry. But you know, yeah, yeah. he's like, well, Hey, he didn't marry your daughter, you know? Right. So yes. good. Yeah. Oh, uh, and then the, the end, um, shot to me is the thing that like takes and sort of the beginning too. And the, all the psychedelics use of color, that's what takes this movie and elevates it to something better than just your standard street hustler kind of thing. Right. It, they really just uh, – and, in fact, I sent this to Noel. I'm going to read it because I was very curious. Uh, have you guys read any of the script online? He just had it up. Oh, yeah, we looked at the last page. And I pointed out yeah. – yeah. yeah, yeah. I pointed out what you had sent me. I'm going yeah, to read that for the benefit of the listener. So, so great because the, the very end, you had that great shot zooming in. And they didn't make it super bloody or gross. No. This tiny entry fairly, wound fairly clean in his cheek. Yeah. Uh, I can't imagine what the back of his head looks like. <laughs> um, but, you know, they— Well, they, there is that pool of blood that kind of spreads. But right. it's still pretty subtle. It's not like yeah. brains everywhere or whatever. Yeah, the traditional tropey pool of blood. Yeah, yeah. a little yeah. small hole under his eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah right yeah. in the cheek. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, you know, they push in on that wound and go inside of it. And yeah. this is how they wrote that in the script, uh, listeners. The zoom closes in on the bullet hole in Howard's face and continues onward into the wound. Swirls of red, pink, and white— engulf the frame as we travel through blood, bone, and tissue. The zoom pushes through this material plane into a landscape of kaleidoscopic abstract shapes and flickering iridescent light. The diegetic audio in the KMA gems, that's the name, showroom decays in a wash of reverb overtaken by a vast soundscape of crystal tinkles and warm electronic tones. That's great. Jeez. I mean, that's fucking Fully poetry. realized, yeah. but fully realized vision. Oh, on, on yeah, the man. Page. Like, yeah. they didn't get this idea later. That was oh, yeah. from the beginning. They I mean, I love the, the book ending to wrap of, of mm-hmm. and it's so funny, too, to kind of, like, zoom in on the diamond, and you're seeing, like, all yeah. these colors and the so opal. on, yeah. and then it becomes... Sandler's colon, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about and you, that. And you realize right. as you retroactively pull out, you're like, oh, I've just been inside the guy's ass. Like, yeah. it's, it's very it's very like uh, juvenile and funny. But it's like a cosmic joke. Yeah, exactly. But it also puts you in the scene, yes. oh, yeah. which is another important uh, point of uh, uh, misdirection, right. is you think he's going to have colon cancer. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then the doctor it, it's just, fine. it's all That's good. Right. Don't yeah. want nothing to worry about. Yeah. Well, that reminds me, like, a lot of uh, people have drawn comparisons between this movie and the Coen brothers, The Serious Man. I was just going to say that, that yeah. That sense of like, you know, uh, the kind of Book of Job idea of like somebody who's just like doomed and tested and yeah. like nothing can go right for you and you're just kind of cursed, profoundly cursed. And and yeah, so to have that red herring of like he's getting his colon checked and you're not sure what the results are going to be. Yeah. And then he's just fine. He even says but that thing about – they don't play that up a lot no, either. No, it's no, not yeah. – like in a lot of movies I think that would be a constant yeah. Yeah, yeah. thing that keeps coming up. And then it's yeah. just like a, a random phone call later where he's right. like, everything's clear. And doesn't the doctor say like, colon cancer paid for my house yeah. in the Hamptons yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. has a line, line. like uh, – he's like, you, I don't know what it is, Jews and colon cancer. I don't yeah. know. And he's like, yeah, I just paid for my beach house or whatever. <laughs> that's so um, funny. And that's, that's in the middle of when, when Lakeith Stanfield is freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I think there's probably one or two other things happening at the same time. Like, he, he puts the uh, – whatever the drink is in the fish tank. And oh, yeah, All man. that's going down at the same time, and the doctor's finally just like, all right, I'm going to hang up now. Like, <laughs> I love how important the fish are, too. He wasn't – I was waiting for him to be like, oh, you fucking asshole. Yeah. He's like, oh, come here. My, I'm going to get you yeah. out, my little <laughs> yeah. babies. Let me get you out of there. Yeah. But I, I He does to... have a sweetness to him, actually, oh, yeah. at times. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah. 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 yeah, you're right. You're right. It, it may be arbitrary and it may be kind of misplaced. Like he cares yeah. more about the fish and it seems like he cares about his family, perhaps. Right. <laughs> he's he more he's more immediately concerned for them, but it's still relatable. But yeah. I, I wanted to go back to, to, to the last shot again because uh-huh. I feel like 
the, the first time I saw it, I, I was okay on those two shots. It reminded me a little bit of like Fight Club or something where you're kind of like flying around uh, this, fair enough, the sure. brain, the synapse. It's like, okay, I've kind of seen this before, but it's still pretty cool. But I, I, in a way, I didn't really know what it was necessarily doing in the movie. And the second time watching it, thinking more in terms of his character being this person that that lives this hyper um, materialist, hyper superficial existence, mm-hmm. to then go inside him at the very end to see like the the kind of like the uncut gem, the opal within him mm-hmm. in a way, and then for that to become you know blood, and then for that to become like space, like mm-hmm. stars in the sky, and so on. To me, it kind of it had like a, a an almost like spiritual dimension where it's saying that this guy contained multitudes. He contained all this, you know, depth and and uh, parts of himself that he never explored, that mm-hmm. he never knew about because he he's living in the society that's so superficial. But that it, it, it's a sort of idea, you know, Buddhist or something that we all contain within us. Like I think infinity. Julia Fox sees that too. Yeah, exactly. They don't play right. it up too much, but yeah. he's not just a sugar daddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's a lot more than that. Yeah. yeah. And his wife does not see that. No. She hates his guts. Yeah. <laughs> For good reason. For good yeah. reason. Yeah, oh, earned. Right. Let's, Absolutely. Let's, let's, yeah. Well, she knows she's sad either way, like financially. So oh, like, yeah. yeah. She yeah. just yeah. wants him gone. Totally. I, I love that scene where, like, the, she doesn't even say a word when he's in the trunk of the car naked. Yeah. And, and she just looks at him for a minute. It's like, I yeah. don't even need to say anything. We know what a screw up you are. And the yeah. thing too is, it it doesn't get into like the kind of over the top verbal abuse you might normally see. She just says, "You're the most annoying person yeah. I've <laughs> ever known yeah. in my entire life," yeah. and that's more cutting than oh, calling yeah. him a motherfucker, uh, right, 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 or slapping him, or like you know screaming yeah. or whatever. That is more, and you see the puppy dog hurt in that his would have been the trophy way to play it. I yeah. think is. For her to blow up and, mm-hmm. you know, what the fuck is wrong with you? You don't care about your family. Yeah. And No, she steals herself. And he you doesn't, can see yeah. her, like, he just kind of, you know. He doesn't she merit anger. Like, he merits Three ridicule. years ago, yeah. she might have had that reaction. Right. She's, but she's, she's so past done, that. man. She's gone. And that's the funny thing, too, is that when she laughs at him, I think it's because she realizes he has such a superficial understanding of what a relationship is yeah. and that she's been just completely detached for however long. Yeah. And he still thinks, like, Oh, you look good in your, uh, what is it, your bat mitzvah dress he or something? Tries. I've been thinking, you know, maybe yeah. we can work this out. And it's out. just because things have gone south with Julia Fox right. that he's like, oh, maybe I should go back to my wife. And That's then, right. yeah, it's it, it, the way he puts Julia Fox down to his wife, where it's like, she's trash. I know she's trash. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The elevator scene when yeah. uh, he he, he so, tells her off, I don't want you in my life, and then yeah. the door closes and he's in there full of people. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, what does he say? It's a great line. <laughs> Uh, yeah, about yeah. just like uh, my life or something he's like that. He's just like, yeah, he's just like you guys don't know the half of it. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's such a you know <laughs> trial with this person. Oh man. Um, all right, I think we get to the rating now. Uh, if you're new to the show, we give ratings between one and five thumbs. Uh, yeah, I know you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> five thumbs, my favorite movie of the year. Lights out with a bullet. Yeah, same. Hundred percent. Five thumbs. Mm-hmm. Paul. Four and a half thumbs. Oh, why the half a thumb? <laughs> what was it? And, and nothing. I mean, there's nothing that I can say to criticize the movie, but just more so comparing it to the other movies I saw this year. Like I recently did my like top ten of the year, right. and this was on the list. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, but it wasn't quite at the top. So was that's it why. gold tier or was it silver tier for you? I can't remember. <laughs> it was silver tier. Okay. So I do it by Ball like gold, silver, <laughs> silver, bronze. Rather than just a s- simple one through ten, I make it overly complicated. Right. I love it. <laughs> uh, and it made the silver tier. Okay. So it's yeah, great movie though. 
Casey? I, I will go with the full five. This wouldn't be my number one of the year. Uh-huh. That would be The Irishman by Martin Scorsese. Oh, Jesus. But, Wait, <laughs> I've never heard of that. But yeah. That was, um, that was Scorsese's second best movie of the year. Oh, the, the docu- I, haven't, I haven't watched was... the documentary yet. I need to. <laughs> I, I've heard that's really interesting. Like, it's got characters that weren't yeah, actually there great. at the time. Mm-hmm. And, no, it's super interesting. Um, what was, so what was your favorite movie of the year? What? Irishman. Oh, yeah. Assholes. What was yours? <laughs> Parasite. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. We discovered that. And Non-Cut Gems was my second. But they're, they're just two very different kinds of movies. Yeah. Even though they're both interesting social commentaries, but they're just like, to me, Parasite's more of like almost a whodunit. Right. Like Hitchcock-y kind right. of stylized thing, whereas this is just pure grit just yeah. like you know oh and by the way um, I just looked up uh, there's an amazing article on interview um, it's uh, Uncut Jim's handsome older man Wayne Diamond establishes yes. a new legacy <laughs> and he <laughs> is apparently a very wealthy uh, New York socialite type dude and uh, he um, got his uh, start in the di- not in the diamond district in the uh, garment district oh, okay. um, and used to be a really weird druggy clubby kind of guy which you could imagine <laughs> and the interviewer sits down with him at some bar and he drinks like five vodkas and two red wines at like uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Monday. Hey, Wayne Diamond's going to be Wayne Diamond. Uh, Ramsey, producer, let's hear your thumbs. Five thumbs. Five thumbs. Any other comments? Uh, Favorite movie of the year. All right. Yeah. There you have it. I do, before we go, we should we should also shout out Darius Kanji, the director of photography. Sure. Who is legendary in his own right and doing something very, very different here than he normally does in his films mm-hmm. where he likes to work on much wider lenses typically. He, this is he, not wide. This he's is he's sort of like, a, you know, the, the Vittorio Storaro idea of like painting with light is very much what, what Kanji is uh, – you know, more more comfortable in, let's oh, say. Wow, he did delicatessen. Oh, he's done. He's mm. it's ridiculous. Oh, some of my favorite just, movies. Just look at everything he's done. Wow. It's insane. Yeah, um, just a massive, massively talented cinematographer. And for him to adapt that kind of fastidious, like perfection based yeah. style to this film, which is so much more about. Um, being able to shoot in any direction, which mm. cinematographers usually hate because you want to light to the oh, shot, yeah. not to the room. Um, uh, working on f- way longer lenses. Yeah. They had a lens on this that they talked about on the podcast with um, Paul Thomas Anderson, actually, mm-hmm. who also just worked with Darius Kanji on Anima, the Tom York short. Was that the A24 yes. podcast yes. that they were yeah, on? Yeah, I highly recommend checking that out. But there's like a 350 millimeter lens that they found. Um, anamorphic lens that, um, you know, that that's a ridiculously long lens. And you put that on the camera and it's like, you're not going to be able to like it's track unwieldy. the action. Yeah, it's super Any little unwieldy. thing will be a jitter. Yeah, right? exactly, yeah. exactly. And it, it works beautifully in this film. And um, yeah, there's, there's, there's so much more to say about just the, the technical aspect of this film. That's, oh, sure. that's very, very impressive. Um, it's, it's a mix of film and digital, um, mostly film, but some of the nighttime exteriors are digital. Um, but it all feels completely, oh, yeah, it's you know, seamless. And uh, yeah, um, it's. Uh, I, I feel like we should mention the the cinematographer Sean Price Williams, who they worked with previous to this, mm-hmm. and Kanji to come in and kind of like step up the game or, or just bring them to that next level right. of glossiness, but still being gritty at the same time. Yeah. You got to imagine that other cinematographer was bummed out. I know. I, I wonder a little bit about that. I feel kind of bad because. Because it sort of bit his style yeah, a little bit. Yes, certainly. And like you said, this pushed, film, maybe pushed it over the. You know, but the whole he, thing yeah. was a more over the top version, yeah. or a more dialed in version of right. Good Time. Yes, because because Sean Price Williams is very well known for his his handheld and his like super telephoto close ups of faces and so on. Right, so, and for playing Stifler. Yeah. Oh no, wait, sorry, Sean Williams. <laughs> different, <Scott>. different <laughs> one. Yes. Bad joke. 
Uh, all right, guys. Almost a perfect score, except for tall, dumb <laughs> opinion. And you're half a thumb. I got a place for your half a thumb, my friend. <laughs> what can I say? I got to be the contrarian. Uh-huh. No, I love it. I love it. That's uh, that's great. Almost a perfect score. Uh, go see it. Uncut Gems. Can't wait to see it again. I'm really pumped um, to see it again tonight. Emily was like, would I like it? And I went, no, you would not. <laughs> Emily does not like anxiety-inducing oh, films. I was like, well, Nightmare then stay then. far, far away. Yeah. Oh, I'm taking my girlfriend tonight. I'm not sure if she's going to like it or not, but I really hope she does. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, guys. This is a great one. Thank you. Yeah. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, It's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 